Welcome to the Growing Together podcast, a show for inspiring conversation and practical steps to help your church become the church where all generations thrive. I'm your host, Justin Koo, and today my guest is Terrence Taylor. He is the pastor at New Movement Church in Pasco, Washington. He's an international speaker and a church planter and currently serves as a coach for the Growing Young cohort. So I think long gone are the days that we measure success for a church by church attendance. I mean, especially during now, during COVID season, like we literally can't even do that. So when you think of a church Mm -hmm. that is successful, when you think about your own church and the success you want it to achieve, what are you thinking of? What's the new metric for success for you? That's a great question. You know, I think of the, the the Bible talking about new wine versus old wine and new the need for new wine skins. You know, Jesus tells that par- parable: if you can't pour new wine into the old wine skins, it'll break it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to pour new wine into new wine skins. And I always like to say, there's nothing wrong with old wine. I don't drink wine myself, but I've heard that old wine is good wine, right? Mm-hmm. When it's been aged and it's it's smooth and it, I mean, we're in wine country where our church is, so we know a little bit about wine, but old wine is refined and it's sweet and it's beautiful and it's expensive and, you know, and new wine takes some time, right? But I think what Jesus, when he talks about that, what I hear God saying is we just need more wine. Hmm. Like there's nothing wrong with old wine, Old mm-hmm. wine is great. It's beautiful. It's rich. It is great. But the world needs more. Hmm. Right. We don't have enough wine. So new wine is not to disregard old wine. It just means that we need more wine. And over time, new wine will become old wine. Right. And then we'll need more new wine. So when it comes to church, like I'm not this, let's throw everything away, right? I'm not like, I really, I don't think it matters what your worship style is like, whether it's, I think the pendulum swings, a couple years from now, we'll be singing hymns. A couple years from now, we'll be in stained, I'm serious, we'll be in stained dance class churches with, with pews. Yep. That'll happen. It swings back and forth. It's not about the presentation. It's about the wine, right? Hmm. So I think what we're saying is we need to have new wine that meets the needs for a new generation, that meets the needs for a different society. What church was before COVID is old wine. Mm. It was smooth. It was great. Most churches were doing great. But this pandemic season has taught us that we need new wine, right? We need new conversations. We need new methods. We need new times. We need a whole bunch of new stuff. And so instead of trying to go back to the vintage thing, nope, now we need a four-wheeler, right? Now we need a motorhome because we can't travel. Like, this is what we need. So it's about creating what I vision is creating new wine and um, and places that maybe are unconventional and people that maybe are unconventional and times that are unconventional, but it still tastes like the gospel. It still is coming from the vineyard of the gospel, but it's just new. And it may take some time to develop, and that's fine, but we need we need new wine. Yeah. Help, help me understand how this uh, concept of new wine ties into the idea of prioritizing young people everywhere. That's kind of the theme of these three episodes that we've been hanging out together. What is new wine when it relates to prioritizing young people? Yeah, Jesus says uh, a good person leaves an inheritance or the Bible says a good person leaves an inheritance for their for a generation, for the generation's generation, for their grandchildren's grandchildren. Like we need to vision 
what church our younger people and younger generations are going to inherit, hmm. right? Um, we need to gift them with a church that they can inherit and can enjoy. So prioritizing younger generations means giving them the opportunity to build what they need, to build what they're going to face. I did not have a cell phone in high school. I wouldn't have graduated if I had Facebook. There's no way <laughs> I would have graduated high school. with. I wouldn't have graduated. So much I, wasted I time. I that right now. Yeah. I wouldn't have made it. I wouldn't have made it with a cell phone. iPhone, I'm done. I'm done. They have an iPhone. They're not just having an iPhone and Samsung. They're growing up with it. So mm -hmm. they need a church that's going to fit in their pocket. So it has to start with not only what are we doing now, but what do we need to do so that you are now leading now and participating now and building now. So not only do you have the ownership, but you have investment. Uh, into this project. I can tell you a story what happened um, while we were on um, COVID break. Mm -hmm. We were doing a, a bunch of, uh, actually before, we were doing a bunch of uh, remodeling. We had increased our sage and adding some lights, all those kind of cool stuff. And we would kind of do a little bit of adjusting on Friday and then sometimes on Saturday morning. And so we'd have this big scaffolding up, this big, huge yellow scaffolding and the tools out. Sometimes They'd be working on that at 11. Like our church starts at one and they're like doing something at 11. And I remember my daughter who's uh, 14 now, she walks in, she says, every time I see that thing, I get anxiety. Hmm. I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like that scaffolding. Every time I see that I get anxiety. It just tells me that you're not expecting me. It's like you're doing something else and we're not ready. Hmm. And I remember saying, hold that thought. I went and grabbed the head elder and the others that were doing it. And I said, she has something to say. So giving her voice, hmm. right? Giving her opportunity to share that grievance, say, we need to have a quick meeting. And she shared that. And she says, when I see that, it just makes me think we're not ready for church today. And it makes me feel like I can't invite my friend because something's going to be off. Hmm. And I was like, whoa, right? I was hit with that. And so... To, to say that was an image of we need to be prepared, not only spiritually, physically, but give the voice to say something like that we didn't realize was impacting them. If we would never listen, we would never know. And we have to be able to make that change. So that scaffolding is a reminder, these tools like get this out of the way so that they know we're prepared and ready for, uh, for what they need. And they've had the opportunity to voice what they need and can contribute. This reminds me of a story that I think you told me a while back. I'm going a little bit off script here, so feel free to redirect us if, if this doesn't fit. But I think you had told me a story of one of your kids echoing a similar sentiment. Like, here are the PKs, the pastor's kid saying, like, no, Dad, I don't think I'm ready to invite my friends to our church here or something along those lines. Is, is this ringing a bell? Am I? Am I... Yeah. Oh, definitely. You know, my, my kids um, are are definitely very vocal. And I had to learn that they saw a lot of things that I was I didn't think they saw mm -hmm. and that they were owning the church more than I thought they were. Mm. And we've had times when, you know, some people will slip into that kind of put your phone away. You know, what are you doing? You're on your phone too much and not realizing uh, that they were taking notes 
or not realizing they're working on a little creative video for the church. And um, you're right. There, there was a couple conversations when they told me, hey, dad, this is not right. And on the way home, we'd have all these conversations. And then you know what they were always about? They were always about the culture. Huh. They were, they were, they were always about the culture. Why is this person violating the culture? Hmm. Why is this person unwilling to do this? And I was like, they were like culture, they, they call them culture vultures. Culture right? vultures, that's good. <laughs> culture vultures, that's what they call them. Like they're just looking and scavenging and finding ways to, to, to pick apart what we were building. But you're right, my daughter was like, no, I don't feel comfortable because we're not ready for me to bring my friend. Hmm. Hmm. You're too busy. Like you're all too busy to even for them to even come in. It doesn't look prepared. I, I, I love ready. this, that, that your kids are, are already framing like their choice to invite or not to invite their friends to church based off of culture. But, but even then, like your church is a church, as you've described it, that does a lot of fun, social, out of the box, like hanging out times, but your kids are thinking about inviting them to church proper. And so like if there's, for them, there's, it doesn't seem like there's a divide between like youth social events, which I would invite my friends to because they're fun and all this stuff versus like the actual heartbeat of the church, which is the worship service and the teaching components. Like, no, for them, it's like, it's all in the same. It's one giant cohesive unit. It is the culture of this church and what we stand for. Right. And so my kids are up there every week when we had church. My, my daughter plays guitar. My other daughter sings. Uh, my other daughter is the actual worship leader for our Hope City Heroes is our next gen ministry. Uh, and so they're bought in. And all and on all their friends, you know, some this youth, they're bought in, man. They're like, they're they'll tell us like this was wrong, this is not right. Like they're bought into it, and they 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 want that sense of ownership, and we have to listen. As hard as we think they're not paying attention or they don't know about this, they're like they're like she can't be back here. <laughs> <laughs> like she's eating up all the cookies. Like this person <laughs> is literally eating all the cookies. She can't be back here. And they're not nagging, right? They're just owning their space. Um, and if I'm listening to, they're the ones that actually push me to start posting more. The church, yeah. they said our church, wet, our church, our church social media game was horrible. They mm. said it's terrible. It's terrible. My friends would never click on that. My friends would never watch that. <laughs> so, yeah. Ownership is important. And they, they, they have it. And the moment they turn off, that's when I start getting concerned. The mm. moment they say, that's when I, you know, my flags go up Yeah, for any of our young people. Definitely. One of the last things that I want to talk about in our time together is actually circling back to something you said. I think it's in our first conversation. Church doesn't start when you show up. Church starts when you leave. And I want to kind of explore that idea uh, under mm -hmm. kind of the framework of genuine interaction with the church body. Um, so much of church, at least as far as what I was raised growing up, believing church was, was sitting in the pews, shut up and listen. The most participation was to pay your tithe. You know, that was the way that you would participate. Mm -hmm. But you're sending people out. You're going out and, and churches when they leave. What does genuine interaction look like and how are you preparing young people, if not all people, for that moment? That's a great question, man. You know, I think I've, I, I jokingly say whoever is in the room, you know, I'll say, uh, we we have 125 locations. Mm. 
mm-hmm. of this church. Mm-hmm. And I said, because wherever you are is where the church is. You are bringing new movement and your experience with God where you are. That's where church is. You are church for your coworker. You are church for the student in your class. Uh, you are, your world um, is where you have an opportunity to to impact church. So I think what we try to do is prepare them to say that you're not the Holy Spirit, you're not Jesus, you're not God. So you can take that pressure off of you, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have this innate ability to be profound. You have borrowed wisdom that is available to you. If you submit yourself to God, God will give you and guide you what mm-hmm. is needed in the moment. Sometimes what is needed is you just to be there, just to be consistent, your presence. Uh, so it's not about how do I invite someone to church or how do I include them to do the, to a Bible study. They will want to go with you uh, because they're um, one of our um, core values is is to get invitational. And what we say is, uh, so, we have, so let me back up. We have five, we have, we have something called get in the flow. Mm-hmm. And these are five decisions that we say every believer should make in our church. Want us to get started, want us to get baptized, get involved, get invitational, and get generous. Get invitational means that you are inviting people into your life. And so the practical thing is wherever you are is where church is. And church is not the game. It's the locker room. We get our plays. We do our analysis, right? We study the film. We get pumped up. We bang our heads against the wall. I'm a Seahawks fan. (laughs) We bang our heads against the wall, right? Go Hawks. And then we play. We play every week, six days a week. The enemy's been running the same play on you, right? And been throwing that bomb and you've been getting beat every day. Let's teach you how to not get beat with that. So we see church as the locker room, not the game. The scoreboard says we're down. And so when we leave, it's time to put some points on the board. I love it. I love it. Terrence, there's so much more that I want to talk with you about, but uh, unfortunately time is leaving us. Thank you so much for your perspective shifts. Thank you for the way that you're leading your church boldly and courageously. Thank you for making space for young people in your church and everywhere else that you are.